Ooh, that looks tasty. What's up? Welcome, folks. Today, The Hunger Gamer is back with Mark Dainty of Not Board Gaming. In case you forget, it's on yeah, his... It's on my chest. It's covering my... his rippling pectorals. <laughs> uh, no, everything is covering my rippling pectorals, including 50 years of fat as well at the moment. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that happens to... You know, we call that the... Um, COVID bod. The COVID bod, yes. Now, see, somebody actually said to me, you're going to come out of lockdown, one of three things, it's either going to be a hunk, a chunk, or a drunk. And I like to think I've actually hit all three of those, so I'm okay with that, yeah? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, my, my wife's favorite is uh, you can come out looking like uh, Thor from the first movie, or you can come out looking like <laughs> Thor from the last movie. Yeah, as long as you come out looking like Thor, I'm, I'm sure your wife is fairly happy with that. So yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, sadly, not so much. I, I'm getting I'm working on the original Thor hair. <laughs> I'm, I'm like you. I, I don't live with the hairstylist. You know, one of the perks is the only reason I married her. It's not really obviously. But, Careful, you know, that's going to be on. But so uh, uh, this this is our new new segment called boards and brews boards being board games brews being whatever brewed beverage you want. So I have a nice uh, Kona beer here. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Brewdog Lost Lager, um, and I'm a little bit more allowed to drink this because in the UK it's about five past ten at night, whereas William it's about eight o'clock in the morning just before he starts work. So it's a typical thing. There. It's, it's still it, it is two in the afternoon, and if it was okay. <laughs> and today I would be teaching a literature class. Well, so still so drinking. It, yeah, so it would it would be coffee, <laughs> you know, if it was next week. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You could go old school. You could be like one of these greats, like uh, I don't know, uh, one of the literary greats who obviously needed to be sozzled all the time. So if you're teaching literature, I think, then therefore you should, you know, imbibe at least some absinthe while you were doing that. I think. Well, that, that's good. well. I was just thinking maybe Hemingway. Yeah, there we go. The guy and then can, I could you know, shorten all my sentences when I write the reviews. You know, yeah. <laughs> this is a game. Yeah. It is for multiple players. You know, very, very handy. There we go. You know, I've, I've, I've always <laughs> I've kicked around the idea of doing a review in the style of different reviewers that okay. like actually watch, you know, do okay. like a, uh, uh, Michael Kelly, you know, do a, a three and three, you know, with his like, yeah. like the choppy cuts yeah. that he has. <laughs> do a shut up and sit down where you, know, you just kind of get way down put the camera right here at like yeah, at level and really speak into it very very intently yeah you know and like put on green spandex and cover yourself in peanut butter and somehow it relates to the game and you know that's how you have their thing yeah whatever floats your boat quite frankly yeah. well, no, I think, uh, they did a, a review of a pipeline which i didn't watch because i didn't care about the game but where yeah. i think it was matt or maybe it was quinn's literally poured cooking oil all over himself <laughs> i mean no. that's dedication to your craft right there isn't it basically um maybe they weren't married at the time maybe they did not have kids and a dog running around uh maybe you know it was their own flat and quite frankly they could do whatever they want yeah i know if i tried that right now i would be in seven levels of hell not only for the fact that i would have oil everywhere but my wife would also chastise me for wasting the cooking oil as well and having to go out and buy new cooking oil so yeah 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 well you'd be buried under that deck <laughs> yes true yes almost finished yeah, yeah. but um 
just kind of get, get, get the little interest about the way. It, so here are the questions that I sent to you. One, who the crap are you? Two, uh, what is your channel? What's your shtick? And why are you doing this other than for all the money that you clearly make? Uh, yeah, okay. So for those that don't know me, my name's Mark Dainty. I run Not Board Gaming, which as of yesterday, which was the 16th of August, just past its one year anniversary. So way happy birthday to Not Board Gaming. Yay! Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah, uh, it's a solo and soloable, soloable focused uh, YouTube channel. So I take a relatively in-depth look at solo and soloable games. I'm going to say in-depth, as you can tell from what I'm, uh, from how I am right now. I like to speak. So my reviews tend to be on the long form side. They're not for everybody. I understand that. That's fine. I certainly get bored of the sound of my own voice occasionally as well. So, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I, so, I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd already nodded off. Um, uh, why, what was it, what's the next question? That's who I am, and, and the challenge not board gaming. What was the next question? Uh, well, that, 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 that was, that, uh, what is your shtick, and, and what, why are you? Ah, there we go. <laughs> why am I doing this? Oh, wow. Okay, so uh, I, I like talking. Um, I'm, you know, I'm an introvert, no, an extroverted introvert, so uh, I for my job, I'm a salesperson and I tend to speak to people quite a lot outside of my job. I'm quite introverted and have, you know, uh, you know, my, all my hobbies have been relatively, not solitary, but not necessarily team sports. So I did jujitsu for many, many, many years, which is great, but it's not a team sport. It was kind of one-on-one -on -one fighting. And when I, and I taught that, and then I did scuba diving. Now that is a perfect hobby for a um, for an introvert because you know you're underwater you cannot speak to anybody and I did that for many years and, and became a scuba diving instructor outside of my real life job uh, and then life happens and blah 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 uh, and I, I got ill a couple of years ago and the doctor told me that I needed to kind of stress out so I started playing board games literally about 18 months ago it was January 2019 I started playing solo board games and, and that's it the love of the hobby was born uh, and I decided that you know what I like talking about them there's nobody in my family wants to listen to me about them I'm gonna you know, put all my thoughts out there on you poor schmucks so I apologize wholeheartedly blame my family I'm not gonna do that because I've uh, <laughs> I've seen pictures of your wife I'm not gonna put it I'm not gonna say it's her fault it is completely, I'm not gonna blame Bubba either because Bubba's really cute Bubba's ace. Bubba's asleep in the next bedroom at the moment, uh, in, in the coolest bedroom in the house, because it's pretty warm in the UK at the moment. So yes, but you have a great dog. You have B, yeah. Yes, the the the, the board game dog, who's also the Excellent. resident Shakespeare dog with the theater company. Uh, pretty much anything I'm doing, if I could put a picture of her in it, yeah, makes it ten times better. Yeah, yeah, yeah people will look at it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, you know, it's, it's a very British dog too, which, you know, you, you can. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, the King Charles Spaniel, the, the, the myth is that King Charles sometimes would have a basket of King Charles Spaniel puppies around okay. his neck, which to me, yeah, which, that's the story. And, uh, and to me, those are all the best pickup lines, right? One, I'm your king. <laughs> Two, I'm loaded. And three, basket of puppies. <laughs> so quick question, though. What were they called before King Charles? So if he had this basket of puppies around his neck, he wouldn't say, get me some of my, me puppies. What were they called? <laughs> I think they were just called Cavalier Spaniels. Okay, fine. I okay. think, because then like the, the rest of the, the story is uh, that the breed was almost gone. 
Yeah. And some guy in America, so, so there's the King Charles Spaniel. So I guess they're just, maybe they're just called Spaniels. I don't know. But the King yeah. Charles Spaniel looks different than my dog, which is different than the ones in all the paintings of King Charles. Okay. And some American guy went to someone and said, no, I want one of those. Can you make me one of those? And like true American <laughs> fashion is like, here, take some money. And now they're back. Fantastic. A designer dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, completely not, not what, well, everyone cares about the dogs, let's be honest. Of course, but, yeah. Uh, uh, so for those, you know, as we're going through kind of the ideas, we're going to talk a little about games and our, ourselves. And then we'll end by talking about one featured game you know, at the end a little bit, because that's what all podcasts okay. do, I guess. Yeah, um, you've got to, yeah. Yeah, but uh, uh, so I, I, I'll jump in first with this one. The game that got you, like, is the game that, ooh, ooh, I, I want to know more. So for, for me, there it, it's probably Mysterium. Okay. And it, it happened because I went to – my wife was out of town. That's all new hobbies start when your wife's out of town, right? <laughs> uh, and over the week, my buddy, who was big into uh, role-playing games of all variety, yeah. he said, uh, hey, I'm going to this little convention. Do you want to come? I was like, okay. And went and we're going to, you know, he had me going in to play the Star Trek role-playing game. And I went into this tiny room and there was 30 people. And it was just, for me, horrible. I just was miserable, and I went to the guy running. I was like, "This is not. This isn't for me at all. Is this okay? Are you going to be hurt if I leave?" He's like, "No, there's 28 other people. We're fine." So I, I went downstairs, and then people were playing all these board games, and they're playing games. And he finally finishes his game like six hours later, and uh, we're leaving. He goes, "Oh, I've heard of that game, and it was the Polish version of Mysterium, sitting on a okay. table." And Mysterium's all pictures, so it doesn't matter. Right. But like, and we sat there playing it for like two hours or like two in the morning. And uh, I ordered, you know, it was just coming out from Asmodee or Arcane Wonders, whoever it is that publishes it. And like, uh, my birthday was like two months later. So I immediately pre-ordered it, showed up on my birthday. And everybody who showed up for my birthday said, no, 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 we're not partying. We're playing a board game. Sit down. <laughs> It's been downhill since then, but uh, it's evident. And how long ago was that? Four, maybe four years ago. So yeah, something okay. like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I was playing a lot of them. I didn't, and then I got deep deeper into it. You know, the past couple of yeah. years when my wife made a friend who was big into board games, and you know, then 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 we were able to uh, feed off each other and yeah, make us spend more money, pretty much. Yeah, which is great, which is great. I mean, you know, you, you, you get to a certain age, and I think you're a little bit, quite a bit younger than me, but even so, you get to a certain age, and, uh, you know, all the opportunities to spend money on the, on, the, on the fun stuff, like going out and partying and drinking and all that kind of stuff, they kind of pass you by because you end up having more responsibilities. So it's great to reach a certain age where, you know, I have some disposable income, and I can actually spend it on toys for me, rather than, you know, uh, kind of going out and getting leathered three or four nights a week. Yeah. What's the one that uh, that that kind of hooked you? You know, j j well, just off the operating table. Yeah, you know. I was. It, it was prior to that. Uh, so, so it was um, January last year, as I say. So I'd, I'd had some health issues towards back in the 2018. Um, my job meant I was working 12, 13 hours a day. Uh, most of that spent away from my family. Um, 
Uh, and I started, uh, I, 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 I just got diagnosed with a tumour, uh, which was benign, thankfully. And at the same time, whilst they were, uh, well, we didn't know at the time it was benign. Um, at the same time I found the tumour, I also got um, diagnosed with exceptionally high blood pressure. I'm like stupidly high blood pressure. They call it the silent killer. And it was really, I think yeah, your blood pressure should be what, 120 over 80? Mine was 215 over 125. I mean, it was in kind of real red zone territory. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's like a video game number. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You were winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it's about, about time I actually came first in something, uh, and they call it, I say, the silent killer, and my doctor said, right, you need to find a way to, to de-stress, um, so being a lifelong video gamer, you know, I'd done all the kind of everything from the kind of ZX81 back in the early 80s through all the Nintendos and Playstations and uh, Dreamcasts, etc., um, and I decided I didn't want to continue looking at a screen, so I'd, I'd, you know, I'd read articles on board games, and I thought, right, I'm going to gonna go out there i'm gonna find a solo level board game this has to be something that i i can do on my own i don't want the, the, the stress of trying to put my family through it at this stage uh or trying to convince my wife and teach my wife how to play a board game so i went well, teaching your deep. whole family how to play some of these games is only going to send that blood pressure right oh sky high on both <laughs> sides i think yeah <laughs> so I, i'm not a great teacher and my wife's not a great student let's put it that way so uh, i think yeah uh, and my daughters are 15 and 13 and they really don't care about board games of course so so yeah i went out there and i went reeling at the deep end um it was mage night ultimate edition and you know, it arrived. Remember the day it arrived. I opened the box and I was like, "Wow, this is what board games are these days." And all of the instruction manuals kind of fell out of that. And I think I spent about two days reading. The and you're still manuals. setting up that first game now. I'm Abs assuming. Absolutely, yeah. I'm still getting past page fifteen of the of the, of the instruction manual. Yeah, uh, yeah. I read the instruction manual for a couple of days, then set the game up and played it probably I don't know forty percent correctly and had a fantastic time. And since that, I was hooked. And literally. You know, the, the, the hobby just grew for me exponentially since then. It's been, you know, it's been a, quite literally uh, a life-saving experience for me. That's cool. That's, uh, terrible transition here, but uh, are you a Kickstarter guy or are you not a Kickstarter guy? I'm a Kickstarter guy, yeah. I'm quite heavy back into Kickstarter, yeah. yeah. I, um, I, again, I, I maybe cut down a little bit this year, um, but when you first get new into a hobby like a lot of people, yeah, you tend to go all in on a lot of things, don't you? What about yourself? Oh, yeah. It's, well, better since I started reviewing stuff and yeah. getting sent stuff. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that's helped. Yeah. <laughs> so, so much. Like, you know, I'm not making money, but I'm kind of making money because I'm not spending that money on Kickstarter. Ah. Yeah, and I, but I do think that's a bit of a, a dichotomy. I know, you know, there's been discussions online about this is that, you know, we don't get paid for this. You know, there are people out there who make a living out of this. Uh, you and I, we don't get paid for this. Which would be uh, great. We do. I mean, don't get me wrong. Can... I would quit if, if I could, you know, oh. I don't know what Rado pulls in, yeah. but I know it's his only job. So right, okay. If I could make yeah. it my only job, <laughs> I... I'd quit teaching right now. <laughs> yeah, given the hefty mortgage I've got, I can't see that ever happening. So, yes, yeah, so, you know, we don't get paid, but people say, oh, well, you get free games. And, you know, occasionally we do. I'm, I must say, I still probably buy 90% of the games that I review on the channel. I, I am fortunate to get some preview copies and review copies through. But then I may spend an entire day of my time at a weekend after working all week, filming, editing, uploading, etc. Um, so, you know, there's a, you know, a lot of time spent there. And uh, so, yeah, payment is relative in this. Yeah. 
And so, but it's, that's what's helped me not back as many. I still get them, right? I still, yeah. I still get them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, and the other thing, my, my buddy, uh, he's, people who've seen the channel, he streamlined that because everything's, I was not streamlined enough. Just That's his first first thing. Every game, yeah. like he even designed a game once that apparently was pretty good until he streamlined the game away and it was just crap. <laughs> Um, you open the box, you put it out, you put it away. That's the game. Yeah, that's right. It's that's you know how streamlined it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's close. Uh, but but so in addition to being able to get stuff in, and I can get preview copies some sometimes, uh, we now have a thing where before either, one we followed each other on Kickstarter, so we get to shame each other. That's a good idea. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it shows up, and immediately you just send like you know. <laughs> <laughs> you never tell me. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it could be out. You don't have to tell me, my wife, because, of course, when the Kickstarters come in, I tell her their review copies. Shh, don't tell anybody, okay? Yeah. This is not on the internet. She can't. <laughs> yeah, she won't know a thing. <laughs> so, but, no, I do. Know, I, and, I, 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 and, and, I do buy quite a few of them, yeah. Um, I enjoy looking at them. I like to give some of the smaller companies. Um, you know, uh, a bit of a, a boost on there. But of course, some of the bigger companies tend to uh, back on there. So if the game interests me enough, um, yeah, I, I, I will quite happily back it. I think, uh, what did I do this week? Uh, Sniper Elite, I think I backed this week. Uh, one that David Titch has done the solo mode for. Um, yeah, you know, it may be an okay game. It may, it may be a great game. It just looked interesting enough for me. So I think that's the last one I backed. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a sucker for the... Um campaigns where even if it's all bullcrap and they have it planned out where you know that they, they they have you like voting on different things and the chip yeah. theory who I, I i know you you're not a chip theory guy uh, <laughs> yeah don't 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 look at the wall of, of, of games behind me there yeah so I'll block it i really <laughs> like their uh campaigns that they, you know, you're voting and naming different characters and yeah you know, it's just those kind of campaigns i, I get deep deep into yeah I, I do i like to read the updates i'm not necessarily you know i will get involved in some of them i think madara um uh when that was uh re-kickstarted kind of last year um that had some voting to do on characters that you could put through some of the chip theory stuff obviously i'll get involved in as well um but i think i have a lot of at any one time there's either a lot waiting um to be fulfilled or or, or you know uh, i'm kind of in the early stages of backing some um, so my feed can get a little bit overwhelming at times. Um, so yeah, I, I like an interactive campaign, but I don't, I don't get, excuse me, I don't get involved in all of them. Yeah, so uh, that kind of brings it to the next thing is, because, you know, everyone always talks about the great things that show up on Kickstarter. <laughs> what, what's your, your, your biggest impulse back that you've done that afterwards you're like, why did I do that? You know, what, Oh man, I don't know. You know, I'm, I, you know, even though I've backed a lot, I have been fairly stringent in the ones that I've backed. Oh, but well, all right. So this is not a mistake, and this is not a. Uh, this is not. Uh, you know, I backed it with the full intention of obviously before I actually started the review channel. I hope you didn't start your proposal like that. No, no this is not a mistake. <laughs> Uh, well, I, you know, my proposals, well, actually, my wife proposed to me. Um, so, yes, uh, but had I proposed the other way, um, it would have been tricky because she doesn't drink, so I wouldn't have been able to get her drunk enough to accept. So, um, so yeah, I don't know how that would have gone. So, yeah, anyway, going back to the story, um, Tainted Grail, 
obviously. Um, you know, it was while I was still getting into the um, uh, into board games before I started the review channel, uh, and I backed Tainted Grail all in, absolutely everything, whatever you could get for it, two hundred odd pounds, whatever it is. And I did it in uh, kind of split ways. So my Tainted Grail hasn't arrived yet. Uh, my full plate still yeah i think that comes back end of this year whenever it is yeah however when i was at essen last year i was speaking to martin swearcott from awaken realms who gave me a full play tainted grail with the monster the uh, the, the the monsters expansion etc to review on the channel so i've got this kind of 200 pounds of the games i've got to review i'd already given them 200 pounds so i've got another copy of tainted grail arriving at some point in the future I don't know. Maybe I'll do my first giveaway of a full pledge of Tainted Grail at some point in the future. Um, but so, you know, you're going to get flooded with new subscribers that are just going to be yeah. right out right away. Yeah. yeah, I'll see my channel go up to like fifteen thousand and then drop down to three um, after the giveaway. So yeah, it's always funny so, when you when you do do the, the giveaways because I I'd make it an option. Like I don't care. If, if you're taking the time to watch the video and you want to enter, sure. But I, you know, yeah. I give extra entries. Yeah. And there's always some people where it's funny. And I don't check. Like, there is no way to check everybody that's subscribed that I know of. Yeah. But, you know, it's just a form. Have you subscribed? Yes. Okay. I believe you. But I always get a couple that it shoots up a little bit. Yeah. And then it goes right back down. So clearly yeah. they subscribe just so they can push yes and yes. feel like they're not lying. And then they get rid of it right away. So this, this kind of baffles me a little bit about YouTube subscription. I'm sorry if we're going off a little bit off track here, but um, <laughs> let's freeform. Let's do it. It's like jazz. It's a jazz conversation. Um, I, you know, I, I've actually subscribed to quite a lot of people on YouTube, a lot of co uh, other content creators, etc. I don't think I've ever really truly unfollowed anybody. Um, and it, may, it makes me wonder what people will do to follow and then unfollow as well. So, you know, I, I will sometimes get days and my numbers will jump up fantastic and then you know you'll see them over a few days you know the odd subscriber two or three subscribers over a three or four day period just just decide they don't like your channel anymore and i just I, you know it makes me wonder what makes what actually makes you unsubscribe to a channel and therefore just how arbitrary are these subscription figures as well you know they, they really don't mean anything at the end of the day do they you know it's, it's a yardstick that we measure ourselves by um but at the end of the day you know it, 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 my channel is not for everybody your channel is not for everybody should have been sit down no pun included rado rodney whoever you know they're not for everybody as well so it is a bizarre situation well and, and it's funny when you think about it because you know i, I guess Maybe shut up and sit down has the most subscribers and you know, I don't know, two hundred thousand or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like compared to anybody else on YouTube in the world, that's not even worth talking about. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's not, no. Although although um, I will say <clears throat> as in I am fifty in a few months' time. And uh, I have more subscribers than my teenage daughters have subscribers. And there we go. I, I'm just going to drop the mic at that. Yeah, I am more of a uh, YouTube star than my teenage daughters who strive so hard to do things. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, like and subscribe. Um, <laughs> it just didn't pan out for them. I'm going to pull this, that tiny little clip out. <laughs> so you're going to have that to play at their weddings. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, because jumping back to my oh my, my biggest impulse buy, uh, I got the bonus box right here, was Wander the Cult of Barnacle Bay. Of Barnacle Bay. And yeah, how is the, that? 
Oh, you know, and it's funny. So I got it because I backed one Kickstarter or two Kickstarters. Like, whoa, that's so cool. And then it literally <laughs> showed up as a Facebook thing. I was like, whoa, cool, back. <laughs> no clue. FOMO. Yeah. Um, not even FOMO because I couldn't be afraid of what I was going to miss out on because I didn't really? even know. It didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just nothing. Uh, it's a it, it's a really fun light dungeon crawler. It's probably my favorite light one. You know, okay. not, it's not deep. You know, yeah. dice chucking. It's uh, it's kind of like if you took a zombicide with mice and mystics and more story. Right. Together. Okay. Oh, cool. yeah, it, 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 it's good fun. I, I people who look for something light, I always recommend that one. Uh, but all right, I'll go first on this one. Your, your biggest Kickstarter regret, and I, I got two. First okay. one is Unbroken from Golden Bell. Mostly because they threatened to sue me when I put out a review. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got a text message direct from the man himself. And, you know, what went through is you know, why he's going to sue me. I was like, well, that's not, that's not actually well, how that works. Because you didn't like the game. No, so the game is a solid game. The it's components okay. weren't, weren't great. You know, it's like a B-plus game, yeah. I thought. And that's what I said in the thing. But by then all their shenanigans had been going yeah. on, you know. And I said, at the end of my review, I said, okay, I said, but I feel like I have to talk about this stuff. If you don't care about any of that, stop watching now. If you are interested, keep going. So like last five minutes of the review, I said, I think one about of the- About the whole Virago, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think I just finally said, you know, that this is a solid game and a horrible company. Which I think what I said. <laughs> And within hours of it posting, I had text messages from the guy threatening to sue me and, you know, it was big, whatever. So there's the regret there. Um, just that I... Not so much for the design. I, I feel, uh, you know, sorry for Artem Safarov who designed it because he's, he appears very genuine and very kind of active on the forums and loves to speak to people about the game. So you know, I think, you know, for him, for the Golden Bell people, mm, yeah, you know, and I actually have one of his other games. I had no idea it's called Cauldron. I don't know where I got okay. it somewhere, which is a good game. And I, you know, if you can find that game, not yeah. a Golden Bell copy, absolutely yeah. get it. You know, okay, not you because it's not soloable. Um, you know, but uh, yeah. So there's there's that one, and then my second one is weird because the game is good. This right. is a good game. This next one I'm going to say, and you, and you're going to have a, a hemorrhage. When I, when I when I drop it, that that I re do regret backing it, and that was Street Masters Aftershock because Man. I didn't back it because I was like ah cool but I don't care about the theme. Okay. But then I started seeing the then I got excited about Alter Quest and I was like oh I can go back and late pledge and then this huge thing shows up at my house and I don't know nine box I got almost everything. Oh, man. And I went through and I played it probably 20, 25 times. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I'm never playing all of this stuff. I just, it's got to go. Oh, got to go. And I that's sold it to someone in New York. And, right. you know, that's like seven Englands in between where I am and <laughs> there. And right. but still know, in the same across state. the country. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, but it's yeah. a great, it's a good game. Everyone asked me, you know, yeah. oh, you didn't like it? I'm like, no, I liked it, but I just... I was never yeah. going to play it all, and I'm more. <laughs> and the theme of Alter Quest has me really excited, so I can't. I can only both. 
you know. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean, okay. So we're slightly at odds on this because I lo- I love Street Masters. It's it's one of my real kind of Friday night games. It's one of the games where you know my wife may have gone to a friend's or maybe doing something. The kids are out doing whatever. I know I can grab a couple of brewskis. I can set the game up and I can just have an absolute blast for a couple of hours. I, t- I do love uh, how fast it is. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I haven't. You know, obviously, I've got I've got Brook City as well, which is which is a very good game using the similar system as well, but completely different game, which is the kind of '80s cop uh, buddy movie thing. I backed Alter Quest, or gone all in on that, obviously, and uh, that should be arriving, I think, for everybody in the next few months now. Alter Quest, I believe, looking yeah, at the updates. I, I mean, I, I'm guessing November. I feel yeah, like maybe. If, yeah. If, if we don't have it in November, then you know, yeah, there, there there's some issues. That's my guess. Maybe October. That'd be great, but I'm going to say November. And then, of course, I think, you know, Blacklist for me are a bit like Chip Theory for me, is that I just want everything they do. So, of course, I've got it all in on Hour of Need. I know they've got the new one coming out soon as well. And there's Contra coming to retail as well, which, you know, I played um, uh, when I was in Essen last year. I played a full game with Scotty from Blacklist Games. Uh, and it's great. It's Again, that's a fantastic 30-minute game. You know, have a, have a few drinks, get your mates around, have a blast playing one of these old arcade classics. So, yeah, I like what they do. But, yeah, I can understand that Street Masters is not for everybody. Now, my... It's, it's, it was just so weird because I knew it, and I didn't back specifically because I'm like, I never really cared about Street Fighter. I don't really care yeah. about Double Dragon Final Fight. And I knew it, so I didn't. Yeah. And then in a moment, and I remember when I did it, too. I was at the gym <laughs> before school. I used to go to the gym before school. So, you know, right. I get there, I get there like 5.30, 5.45 in the morning, and I was sitting there on the bike before I went and, you know, lifted weights. As you can tell, I lift a lot of weights. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, big guy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, I'm about to break my screen with my muscles here. Um, <laughs> but, and I'm sitting there, and I was looking at it, and I was looking at Alter Quest, and I was like, gosh, it just is such a cool system. All right, I'm going to do it. Oh, gosh, how much should I? Because I got, like, the email came over for Late Pledge, and I was like, everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we all do those things as well. We all make those impulse purchases. I think um, in terms of my biggest regret, yeah, I, I haven't really made many on Kickstarter, but let me just grab the game for you. Just bear with me a second. Um, this thing here. And I think we're both glad that when you got up there, you were wearing pants. Yeah, absolutely. I'm shorts. Shorts on at the moment. Uh, so it's this game here called Civitas Nihilium. So it's like a, a God, a, 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 an Amiga arts steampunk detective deck builder game, which I'm sure um, is great. And the rule book is just utterly bloody terrible. It's almost, you know, I, I played it maybe three or four times. And I know they released an updated set of rules for this. Um, and I think they're doing another Kickstarter for this as well. Uh, but the rules are just so bad. So, so bad. But yeah, I got this. I got the play map for it as well. And uh, yeah, it kind of sits on my shelf now looking at me saying that's that's kind of £90 that you wasted there. Just not, not good. Not, not good. And everything about it kind of, well, first of all, oh, for God's sake, why do people... Designers do not print white on black. Never print white on black. You know, for people like me with aging, failing eyesight, it's just not a good. And, that, and that's funny because both, both of us just reviewed a game that's printed white on black too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sent out another. Uh, uh, I, I was asked when I sent it on if I could, if I minded printing out the updated rules. I was like, no problem. Right, I was okay. white on black. I was like, son of a. <laughs> 
that's all my ink done at that point. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's and, it. That was fun early... fact. Uh, as as you were just talking about Street Masters and how we're excited about Alter Quest, uh, mm -hmm. an Alter Quest update just came out. So uh, I don't know I what it is, but it popped. Okay. You know, I got my little notes here. My uh, iPad, my elephant <laughs> iPad. Look at that face. You know, so I, I guess they were listening. Um, I think, you know, for, for, for future, it is good, and some Kickstarters do do it, and I know Jeremy Howard does this as a rule for a lot of new games, and when we get approached for review copies, is, uh, you know, guys, don't buy blind, if you can get access to the rule book, get access to the rule book, because no matter how good they say the game is, you could be paying for 90, 90 pounds for a brick, basically, because you can't play it. So, and for me, I know they've released updated rules, and, you know, they're going through a further iteration, but... It's gone. The momentum's gone. I don't want to spend my time kind of now printing off X, Y, and Z because the experience I had with it, it was just okay. I've got other games that are far more worthy of my time than this now. So I think at some point um, I shall uh, I shall be selling my Civitas Nihilian uh, game to whoever wants you know, to buy it. It's another good giveaway. It, it, it could well be. I could well lose a lot of a lot of subscribers from the channel for that, though. Yeah. Well, I don't, that's, that was actually the first giveaway I did. I just I, I took a, a. I don't know if you have them in the UK, but here we have uh, at as long as our post office exists, um, we have the. They're called oh, flat yeah. rate boxes. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, it's up to seventy pounds if you can fit it in there. This is what it got. It. I just had a whole bunch of games that were that I reviewed or previewed or sent or you know early yeah. on. I was like, okay. I'm going to send all this stuff to whoever <laughs> wins this thing. Um, this is great. Uh, it's great. Talk about the rules. That brings me to, to the next thing that I kind of wanted to talk about. Is, well, what's a game that everyone's sleeping on? Because for me, it's coming back to Kickstarter. I talk about it all the time. But it has one of the best sets of rules that I've okay. ever gotten. Uh, and that, is it right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here. And that, oh, I think I, uh, yeah, I introduced you to the designer. Well, uh, yeah, I need to speak to him. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. This, so future hungry here. If you are listening to this and not watching, you cannot see that I'm holding up a copy of Theurgy from Ministry of Meeples. I tell you, this didn't fund, and I know why it didn't fund, because their campaign, their paids, they're new at it. But this game is great. Okay. It has a great rule book. Like, yeah nails it great game so that for me that that's my game everyone's sleeping on okay for me it's a sleeping on game i don't know there are games with great rule books um you know and we, we, uh, you've recently got jaws of the lion and i've posted a review on jaws of the lion and we'll probably, we may talk about that in a bit um uh, the rules in jaws of the lion fix a lot of the problems that were in gloomhaven but for me a game that people potentially don't have and really should have um i think Second is probably Australia by Martin Wallace. So, have you played Australia at all? No, I haven't. I, I've played only one Martin Wallace game, and that's okay. Wildlands. That's it. Only one I've ever played. Right, okay. So, Australia is a Cthulhu. Sorry, I know some people are really bored of the Cthulhu thing. Uh, Cthulhu set game in, in Australia in the outback. Surprisingly, you know, it's Martin Wallace. It's a so game. You don't still call that the colony or anything? Oh, yeah. I'm sure they will call us a lot worse if I tried that. Yeah, so <laughs> I think uh, you know, being uh, being British and, and being uh, born of, uh, of kind of imperialism, etc. 
yeah, probably not best to forget it, but try and uh, try and not reference it as much as possible. <laughs> so yeah, I'm grateful, Colonials there. Uh, but really great game, setting the art back. Um, you know, you play kind of the army up against the masses of Cthulhu. For a game that looks quite complex, and you can see from from the box there, it's actually relatively straightforward and can play in about 30 or 40 minutes. Real kind of, you know, uh, I've, I've read a few reviews on it and I managed to get hold of a copy second hand and it's fantastic. My only regret is I don't play it more. And it, I need uh, to play it's, it more. it's got a good solo to it? Really good solo. It's a cooperative game. So it's not a competitive game, it's purely cooperative. So it's for up to one, one to however many players. I don't know. Uh, one to four players, yeah, uh, purely cooperative. It's fantastic. So any co-op game can be played solo, of course. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. Either that or Dawn of the Zeds third edition, which has five rule books. Um, what was five rule books? Yeah. <laughs> but what they do is you, as you're playing the game, you play the game with the first rule book, and then once you've mastered that part of the game, you then play with the next rule book, which adds additional rules. So, because once you play with all five, it's quite a complex game. But by doing this kind of five rule book, uh, four or five rule book uh, method of teaching you, it's a really good way of playing the game. And eventually, by the time you're playing the fifth game, you flip the board over and you're playing on the really complex side of the board at that point. So, it's a great teaching thing if you like reading rule books. Unfortunately, I do. Oh, the, the, and uh, uh, so, you mentioned how, how um, you know, uh, uh, playing you know, one or more, it's always a co-op. What's your preference, going true solo or, you know, the, the multi-handed solo? Like, um, uh, yeah, you know, I just, the review comes out tomorrow, but just did. It, you can play solo, but you have to play two factions to do it. Okay. And uh, Jaws of the Lion, you have to play at least two characters. Yeah, Did you yeah. have a preference? Uh, I don't. I suppose it depends on the game. So, you know, I, going back to Street Masters, you know, as a, as a cooperative game, you can play that one, two, or four fighters if you want. I prefer to play Street Masters True Solo. I like the kind of the beefing up of doing that. Um, uh, too Many Bones. Um, I've tried the True Solo quite a few times. I prefer playing cooperatively in Too Many Bones as a solo player. So yeah, playing two gear, two, two gear locks. I know some people sometimes play more than that, but playing two gear locks because I like the interplay that you've got from that. So I think it depends on the game. I really, really don't mind. I'll try both of them and, and see what was, you know, kind of see how it goes. I mean, I've got, uh, I don't know how it's going to work. I've got a review copy of Root and the Clockwork expansion coming shortly from Leader Games. And I, and I think you play, I don't think you play more than one faction in that. And maybe there's the, the Automat uh, as well. I, so. You can. Uh, I, right. I play the, um, it's funny because, uh, you know, it's that the dudes on a map kind of 4 xy type games aren't really my jam, mostly because I'm right. <laughs> terrible at them. Yeah. <laughs> just get splattered. Um, and Root's an interesting one, because I played it a lot, because my buddy can streamline Matt. It's one of his favorite games, and so it comes out a lot. Um, it's interesting, because the first time I played, I hated it. I just I was like, right, this okay. is horrible. Second time, I was like, oh, okay. And then by the third time, I was like, oh, I get it, because there's so much going on. And kind of feel the same way about the clockwork stuff. Like, it, it I, right. I have no idea how it works. Uh <laughs> Matt runs it. I played a game with uh, Matt and uh, Mike from One Stop Co-op Shop on uh, yep. Tabletop Simulator. Yep. And they ran it. And okay. I just brought up the rear in the game. <laughs> but but I do, I think you can play a true solo if you okay. want. What's great about it, though, is you can you learn the factions. 
right? Because it's that that you know, I feel like that's well, you like rule books, so that's like that's like yeah. half the game figuring out what on earth the lizards are doing. What now? You know. Like... <laughs> There's something I love about kind of being deep in a game and then having to go back to the rule book and uh, and just kind of work everything back out in my mind to try and then uh, make kind of maximize the next the next move or the next go. You know, I know. I'm playing suboptimally most of the time, and I don't care because reading the rule book to me is almost almost <laughs> with some games it's actually better than the actual game itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that your your time with bringing up Root is great because the next thing I was like, yeah, well, what's your favorite gaming memory? And Root is probably mine. It was at Origins last year. I guess yeah. technically it would be two years ago now. Whatever. And we went, it was late at night. It was me, a couple of buddies that, 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 and Matt. And we had it, we got a couple of random people just to come play at a max table game. And everybody developed their own faction voice. Brilliant. Role player, so, you know, I was playing the Otters, so I, I, I was a, <laughs> a boat captain. And then, you know, mixed with Falkhorn, Leghorn. You know, now, I, I, okay. I, now I, I know that, let, now let me make you an offer here. <laughs> and then this random guy who was playing the cats made them this German empire and they were and just all these things. But uh, my favorite quote of any game ever is when you play the, uh, the Woodland Alliance, the mice, they have those like you know, those little fists that they put out that are like, you know, we're revolting. <laughs> and whoever was playing, they stuck their little fist thing out, strife or whatever the heck it is in some place controlled by the cats. And this guy, no idea who he is. He's just, oh my gosh, you put your fist in my cat place. And, <laughs> and just, <laughs> just you know, our table, the table next to us, next to it, just lost it. And that Fantastic. game of Root is one of my favorite memories ever. So that, to me, that, that's my top. You see, it's difficult for me because I am, you know, I am primarily a solo gamer. There is a, a gaming group in Sheffield, which I, uh, where I live, where I, which I joined at the beginning of the year, kind of in early February, and then of course went to maybe four sessions before lockdown hit. So uh, a shared experience is a few and far between. Um, uh, I had played Nemesis with some friends of mine, and they loved it, and I was great. That, yeah, it was great that I got to teach Nemesis, and I played a few games with my wife as well. She's loving Lord of the Rings: Journeys in Middle Earth at the moment, so I don't think I can remember a, a you know necessarily a fantastic uh, moment or, or highlight a fantastic moment. I do think that you know the feeling I get every time I set something like Kingdom, but well, not something every time I set Kingdom Death Monster up, and I know that I'm you know. I've got no videos to make, you know, I've got maybe half a day on my own or a day on my own, those kind of, you know, I sit there and that is a two game that I completely immerse myself in. And those are the times sometimes when I think, you know, this, you know doing this is stressful. Yeah, doing this, you know, you can sometimes, it feels like an ideal kind of pastime or semi-job for some people, but when you've got the review copies kind of backing up and you have real life kicking in and, you know, the, the kids are tearing each other apart and the dogs running off with next door neighbor's cat and everything and all life is just getting on top of you um kind of looking back on those moments and thinking you know remember what happened when you, you know you're going to get the time to play kingdom death monster you're going to get the time to zone out and you're going to get that time to just have you those are kind of the moments i look back on and think yeah you know there, there lots of moments like i was playing gloomhaven the other day on jaws of the lion on, on uh, scenario four which is one of the training scenarios and 
particularly tricky one if you haven't played it yet get ready for that one and it was literally the last card turn the last card turn when I mean, one of my characters was exhausted the other one had one card left to turn and normally those decisions don't go with me and it happened and i beat the scenario and i actually did a little fist bump at the table to myself yes kind of thing yeah <laughs> so yeah being a solo you can game give yourself a little <laughs> yeah high five <laughs> good job man yeah. <laughs> uh, what's on your table right now uh i've literally just finished reviewing uh a, a game i think the video is going to be up tomorrow which is uh spaceship amiga which is a small game that's coming out to kickstart it's been kickstarted once and it's coming out again uh in september um and then i i don't know before that over the weekend i played cerebria which is a, a great game um but i'm i'm loving beetle the third games at the moment um so yeah I you've think... gone deep into those Oh. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, maybe people said, although tomorrow I've got a Pendulum arriving, a review copy of Pendulum arriving tomorrow. So, maybe that's probably going to be the next game on the table is Pendulum. Yeah. I, I'm um, excited about that one. I think I'm either going to love it or hate it, which is very yeah. exciting. Yeah. I, 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 Tapestry did not do it for me at all. Um, I, I, I love Scythe. Tapestry didn't do it for me. I got sent a review copy of Viticulture. Didn't like that. Uh, I got sent a review copy of Charterstone. Played, I thought it was great at first, and by the eighth game, I was, I was done. <sighs> I, you know, uh, well, you know, I haven't played Tapestry multiplayer. Right. Uh, I've only played it with the solo, and I didn't. I thought the solo AI was it was just it was too much. I just, yeah. But I, I, I and I like Scythe. I don't love it. It just it doesn't do okay. it for me. But if I was just critiquing the game itself, I have no complaints about it. I think it's a, I can see it's a very good game. But yeah. Euphoria is yeah. the best game in the Stonemaier catalog, I think. It's great okay. solo. It just, okay. I would send you mine, but I like it, so you can't have it. You like it so much. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I got some other stuff I'll send you. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I just got a feeling that I'm, I, I'm sure they won't, but um, yeah, I'd say kind of Viticulture, um, uh, uh, Viticulture, uh, Charterstone, and Tapestry haven't done it for me. If I if if I don't like Pendulum, I, I just don't think they'll be on Jamie Stegmaier's Christmas uh, Christmas list uh, at any point soon. Basically, and you know, don't get me wrong, you know, like all these games, like all games that uh, that you play. Can you still hear me? Uh, my sound's coming out here. Oh, what was that? Oh. I think my... Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. If, 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 this, if you're just listening to this, if I do make it a podcast, it was very dramatic. I mean, it was a moment. <laughs> uh, ninjas came through, and uh, Mark fucked yeah. them off, and uh, his, his, his like earbuds got knocked out. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the best way. Not just a, an old guy forgetting how technology works. Um, so yeah, like all these, <laughs> like all these games, yours and my viewpoint and anybody's viewpoint is purely kind of subjective. You know, it's how I feel about the game. There are people out there that absolutely love tapestry and more power to your elbow, and people that love viticulture. I, I just don't get it. It's a, just a bog standard worker placement game. You put it next to a game like Vinyos uh, from Vidal Cerda. And there is just no comparison there at all. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, these are all subjective. You know, 
it's a shame. I don't like to trash any game. I always try to find something positive about when I review a game. And there are, you know, I, I can't think of many games where I've just thought, God, that is absolutely horrible. All right, Civitas Nihilium to one side. Uh, I can't think of many games that I think <laughs> are, uh, are just absolutely horrible. There's generally something to like in most games. No, I'm joking about Civitas Nihilium. The artwork's great um, in there, and it does create this kind of story as you go through it. So there are some positives for it. So, yeah, being a reviewer is tough, definitely, because, you know, we are there to tell people what's good and what's bad about games. And then people go on the Internet and tell us what's good and bad about our review. And, you know, it's all fair game. So when they tell us something bad, they're just clearly wrong, right? <laughs> of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know what they're talking it, it's about. It's funny because um, one of my other jobs is I, I am a professional stage actor. And so yeah. I've been reviewed you know, a lot. And uh, yeah. thankfully, most of them have been have been good. But one of my favorite memories is I was doing a production of uh, Betrayal by a, a Pinter. And Pinter, um, yeah. two reviews came out. Thankfully, the good one was one that was syndicated everywhere, not the other one. But one of them just praised my performance up and down. You know, one of the best performances of Pinter that that reviewer had ever seen. The same night, another guy was there, and he stopped just short of calling me a bad person. Like, <laughs> the same night. Yeah. You know, reviewers were just, you know, it's, it's we're just people, right? We're just, you know, our, our opinion. So, you know, I always try to put in there, you know, these are the issues I have. Here's who might like this game, you know. Morons yeah. might like this game. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's it. You know, I have a tremendous, anybody that produces a game that gets it out there, that creates something that other people are going to play. I have so much respect for them because I can't, you know, I play these games and I review these games and, and some of them I play more than others and some of them I review better than others. But I'm not smart enough or, or, or inclined in that kind of way to actually make these games. And I think, you know, the, you know for every bad that's in any particular game that may get a, not a great review, there's, there's still you know, an element of good in there. It just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, it's a, it is a bizarre thing. You know, my wife, she she um, she literally puts herself out there all the time. So she's a, a, a professional hairstylist, a really successful hairstylist doing particular things. So that is often up for critique and up for awards and all this kind of stuff. But outside of that, she's also a professional singer as well. So she's been in bands that have played at Glastonbury. She's had albums out. She, you know, she's done backing vocals for Dwayne Eddy. And again, it's putting yourself out there as this kind of, you know, as a vessel for critique. But she just that's it all the way. You know, she's used to it. It's all she's done for most of her life is, is, is put herself out there, like you with your stage acting, I suppose, is you have to grow a level of kind of thick skin about this and move on to the next one. Yeah, it's, um, uh, I was listening to an interview with, uh, I think Matt from Shout Out and Sit Down just on another yeah. podcast. He's happened to be on there. Uh, it was a Tuesday night podcast, which sadly they, they stopped. This is great interviews. Yeah. But, you know, he was talking about how I guess some of the earlier shut up and sit down, like they would throw games out the window and be like, it's crap, you know, Yeah. which I, you know, I haven't, I just, before my time watching. And he said, but as he spent time in the industry and getting to know people and realizing just how much of themselves they've put into this. And I've become friends yeah. with a, a Johnny pack of, you know, Coloma. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I know how many years, he worked on uh, Coloma, which was Hangtown before it became Coloma. Like, 
I know how long you put into that. <laughs> if I were to just take that and just, you know, throw it out the window. Yeah. Like, you know, you're taking something. So disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and crushing. Yeah. Like if, if he actually yeah. cared about my opinion, crushing, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I think that is it. It is, it's, um, you know, this, there will always be a, um, uh, uh, you know, an audience for shock reviewers, uh, or for you know shock jocks or shock podcasters or whatever that go out there and just badmouth everything about a game or whatever. There will always be an audience for that because people love to watch that. It's the kind of trash TV, Jerry, um, Jerry Springer, Jeremy Kyle type thing in the UK where we love to watch car crash, and that's exactly what that is. But then again, you you know you look at the way that you know uh, shut up and sit down has evolved over the many years, and you look at some of the early stuff where they were throwing games out, and now you look at it, and you know the, the whole review kind of style is you know, obviously it's tremendously slick. It's what they do for a living, and yada yada yada. But it, it's all tinged with an element of respect there as well. Even when they're bad mouthing something, it's still respectful, and I think that's that's really good. Michael Kelly from One Cops, uh, One uh, One Shot Co. Stop. You know, I love the kind of five in five. Because you're getting the you know, you're getting the, the rough with the smooth there, aren't you? Basically, and that that's great. It's kind of playing this balance game. I think that's what that's a responsibility we have now as reviewers is just to provide an element of balance for them, uh, rather than just kind of saying this is great or this is bad mouthing something. Yeah, the um, but uh, uh, just to answer the, the question that we started myself, what's on my table? It's a whoop, uprising. Yes. So this is the 4X, Fantasy 4X, is it? Something the, like that? The co-op 4X game. There we go. That's uh, it, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry for your wallet. Like, <laughs> you, you, you're going to be backing that one tomorrow. Am I? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so that that one, it was, oh, it was tragic. Cause, I mean, it's it's a heavy game. Yeah. It's a lot of people. I mean, especially in the preview copy, because everything's in little baggies. There's no insert. Yeah, you know? okay. Yeah. It's a long setup long tear down long game i finished playing it i did my review and the second half put it all away second half of the review the audio was gone i had to set the whole thing back up again redo it. oh it was heartbreaking i was worse. so mad Just, yeah and it's clearly my fault yeah. <laughs> i filmed entire segments on my my camera um with the mic not attached, basically. So I generally put the mic under my shirt, and then when I take the memory card out, you know, the mic comes away. And uh, and I filled in entire segments. And it's not that you know, for a, a, one of my reviews is many different segments from many many angles. So I'll kind of you know film for thirty seconds, a minute or two, and change the camera angle. And I've done maybe I don't know 20, 30 minutes worth of footage, which could have taken me two or three hours of moving this camera around. And then you know you take it down to the computer. You're loading the memory card and you think, bollocks. I, I, you know, I didn't have the microphone on, so you have to go back and do the whole thing again. And it's not scripted. Like, you, yours is not scripted, I take it, no? No, the no. only thing that's uh, ever scripted is if somebody else helps with the voiceover intro. Um, yeah. Often I will script something for them, but yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's the only thing that's and not that, really planned. Otherwise, yeah. I just keep talking until I get it right. <laughs> and that's it, you know, the number of takes I do, sometimes just on the introduction alone, it's phenomenal how I can screw up saying my own name so many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but, uh, uh, but let's get to our big topic. Okay. Gloomhaven and all of its gloomness. And 
Just wait, other corner. There we go. There we go. We can I've see. punched it. You That's punched it. it. And, and I've decided that uh, since everyone apparently has been doing the uh, the hatchet and the demolitionist, demolitionist, I'm playing, yeah. I'm playing the other okay. two. That's all I. Yeah. That's all I got. Good. But Good. I have finished Gloomhaven. Okay. You're I, I way have ahead of me. finished. We. Uh, it was, and I may have told you, this, but it was right before lockdown started in California. Okay. It was literally, I don't know, it was a Tuesday or whatever it was. And Wednesday, people were coming over for the quest in Gloomhaven called the End of Gloom. Okay. End of the main story. Yep. Lockdown. And then so several months later, we moved to a new house, a big backyard. We set up tables six feet away, and we finished. And then I took that box, which had been living in my house, not mine. My buddy got it. And I said, take this monstrosity away. (laughs) (laughs) He was so upset because it had to go in his house. (laughs) <laughs> so you know i think for me gloomhaven and if you've uh, watched my review on jaws of the lion um you'll know that i've got some issues with big box gloomhaven is that um you know as a solo player and i mentioned this is you sometimes the rule book is, is obviously 50 pages long in gloomhaven you're expected to know more or less everything when you first start playing and then you know you, it's a long game, long setup. You play multiple scenarios, and you make sometimes assumed errors. And you don't know what those errors are as a solo player because you don't know. There's no to say, oh, you, mis- you misunderstood that. And I maybe eleven scenarios into Gloomhaven, and it just wasn't biting for me. And I felt like, God, here's a game that I really wanted to have out all the time, and it's just not doing it for me. <laughs> and as I say in the video, you know, it's not you, Gloomhaven, it's me. But in reality, it's a bit of both. And what Jaws of the Lion absolutely gets right is this fantasy flight style. Here's an introduction on how to play. You know, here's a glossary on everything else that you need to know. And that works perfectly. So I'm, you know, six scenarios in now. And I'm having an absolute blast with Jaws of the Lion. I really, really am. So much so that when I finish this, I know that I'm going to go back to Gloomhaven, reinvigorated, reignited with a true understanding of what the rule sets are as well. But not of the story. No clue what's happening in the story. Story is, oh, just, just. (laughs) I I have, we played this game for two years. You don't have a clue. No clue. (laughs) No. What happened. I do know that I sent several characters retiring to Florida. Um, (laughs) Like, I mean, the first time, I was the first one to retire any, I retired like four of them over the course of the game. I I just. Right, okay. You kept moving. But the first one was the, the tinkerer is that what it's called the tinkerer yeah it was the yeah. first one and i was going and like we hadn't read the rules about retiring so yeah, i okay. thought i got to keep the money so the last game you know i had to kill vermlings was my my thing and we were fighting vermlings and i just went crazy i could like eight of them and i knew i'd retired and i just, i quit doing everything i wanted picking up money because i thought i was going to have money to carry over and then i was like oh no he takes it so, of course he does. He's going to retire. What's he going to do? Yeah, to Florida. He bought a house in Florida. And I was so pissed when his counter card came back later. I was like, you lost your Florida beach house, didn't you? Now you're working again. <laughs> yeah. But see, that's more engaging story than the rest of the whole thing, right? I, yeah, I think that's that's one of the big problems with, with Gloomhaven. Um, it is the same in Jaws of the Lion. It's, it's the story is a true irrelevance. I, I don't know. I get it. You want to create a a campaign you know and the only way to create a campaign is to have a story 
But if you're going to go that and do that, then invest some time and, and maybe some really good story writers and, 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 and uh, novelists into creating a story that engages you. Because, you know, pretty much Ingloo, maybe, and Jaws of the Lion, you only progress from scenario to scenario because you want to play the next scenario. You don't give two shiny shits about the story itself, which is a real shame. Is it, is it, I mean, I'm going to find out, but I wonder if it's maybe, if Jaws Land might be a little bit better because there is that kind of emergent storytelling you have as you're, you know, you tell your stories like you had that, you know, hatchet or whoever's laying down on the ground all yeah. exhausted, you know, oh, I can't go on. And then, you know, as you're falling down, you, you throw your little axe and, you know, with, you know, does it with the shorter campaign do you think that kind of might connect a little more and you kind of feel like you have more of a story than a two and a half year gloomhaven i I mean i don't uh you know so i can speak from first-hand experience over the first six scenarios i i I still no idea why you know i'm completely lost on gloomhaven so i mean 11 scenarios in on gloomhaven when i go back to the main game of gloomhaven i won't have a clue where i am why i got there or why I should be heading to one of the other scenarios next. I will just move to a scenario. Um, so it's like the morning after a pub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every single time you play. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what city? What, what? Leeds. What How did I get to Leeds? <laughs> Where's all the money gone? <laughs> <laughs> and why do I have a cat? I don't have a cat. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and it's pretty much the same in Jaws of the Line. But, you know, we seem to be focusing on some of the negatives there about it. And that's okay. That's the balance point of it. Uh, as I say, from a, um, a positive side, uh, it's a shot in the arm that Gloomhaven needed. It's, it's, it's the thing that will convince a lot of people to move into the Gloomhaven universe. Uh, and, you know, I think, I don't know, maybe Isaac Childress has got a future in, uh, in pharmacy sales or something like that. Because if you can get people hooked on big box Gloomhaven by pushing small box Gloomhaven jaws of the lion then you know his future as a, as a CEO of farmer or tobacco is it's just guaranteed well I don't think he needed after Frosthaven <laughs> no, this is true. yeah yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah uh, uh, you know but yeah, great we, you know, we kind of uh, sent up the story a little bit but uh, you know the the card play is uh, great fun um, you know that, that kind of puzzle feeling and I really like the you. I loved picking the new cards each level. Okay. And, yeah. Yep. You know that that kind of build because you know, that that really influences what you can do. At least with some yeah, of the characters, yeah. you know, it's so different. Yeah. Um, just fantastic, easy AIs to run. Um, you know, I don't. So much of it, I swear, I don't know why people hadn't thought of it before. Yeah, but that's all the best ideas, though, isn't it? Yeah, uh, all the best ideas. You always say, "God, why has nobody ever, th- you know, why has nobody ever thought of that before?" Yeah. Well, it's you know, because it kind of gets sold as the uh, Euro dungeon crawl, um, mm-hmm. and, and it is, except for those cards that you flip, you might as well be rolling a die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the and, it's, and I just yeah. I've been playing it a lot. The true Euro dungeon crawl is dungeon alive. Okay. Yeah. That is not worth playing if you don't have the adventure packs, because that actually okay. gives you yeah. some story and a point. Like otherwise, it's really a competitive game. Yeah. I got my troop of dungeon divers. You got your troop, and we're gonna see who yeah. kills more monsters and gets more treasure. And the co-op didn't really work. It's great, but 
that's a pure Euro yeah. experience. Like there's other than what what room flips out, no no chance whatsoever. Okay, fine. Yep. Uh, more mage night, I guess, style thing. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's it. You know, some of these, um, uh, you know, some of the some of the best games are are puzzle games at heart. Basically, you're, are, you know. <laughs> they have an element of, I suppose, Euro about them and that you're working out what you need to survive, not just in the near future, but you're doing the whole planning kind of four, five, six steps ahead. And that's where Gloomhaven hits its mark. Uh, that's certainly where Mage Knight hits its mark. Um, you know, it's something being said about Mage Knight and it's definitely, you know, said about Gloomhaven that, you know, the kind of dungeon crawling setting, something Gloomhaven is, is just a setting in at its heart. It is a pretty intense puzzle game. It's a tight puzzle game at its heart uh, with you have diminishing resources and a, a timer in terms of your cards, etc. So, yeah, I think, you know, when, when you get your out and out kind of dungeon crawlers where you're rolling the dice to move forward, and, you know, it's completely luck based, then Gloomhaven, you know, Mage Knight and, and, and sounds like Dungeon Alliance don't really fit into that ilk as well. Yeah, it's if you put that, and I don't know if you've ever played Shadows of Brimstone. Um, I haven't, no. but I've, I've seen it a lot. No. And for sheer amount of stuff and potential fiddliness, yeah, it's that in Gloomhaven, right? You got so many things that you got to deal with and monkey around with. But that game is just pure. Everything is luck. You roll to move. Yeah. You roll every turn to do this. You want to do something, roll a die. It's just yeah. everything. Um, yeah. Well, where do you come down on that? Do you, do you prefer, like the randomness, or do you prefer that kind of Euro vibe? I don't mind randomness. You know, there are certain games, and um, I, you know, I kind of treat them a little bit like life in that you know, shit just happens sometimes. So, uh, you know, people say that a game like Nem Nemesis can be random, and you know what? It is, because there are some die rolls that can either make or break, or card flips that can make or break the game for you. Um, but I don't mind it. It's, as long as the game is strong enough to carry it, and I don't feel cheated out of it. So if a die roll ends a game or a card flip ends a game for me, then then so be it. Um, yeah, you know, a game like Dungeon Degenerates, uh, again, quite heavily dice-based, but there's lots of mitigation that you do in Dungeon Degenerates. So you'll amp up your characters, you know, you'll work out where you're going to go and how you're going to get there, and that affects the kind of fighting and combat that you have. So... I don't mind luck games. I don't mind dice-based games and looking games as long as I'm involved in it. Um, you know, it's different for some people. Some people just do not like dice games at all. But you look at, you know, almost the ultimate dice-chucking game, which is going to be too many bones, you know. There might be a couple. I'm not too sure. There may be a couple, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the beauty about it, and something like Street Masters as well, is how those dice are handled. Street Masters, you don't have wasted rolls. Um, and certainly in Too Many Bones, you don't have wasted rolls either. So you know, even when you've missed, it's still a, you know, you get to collect bones and there because you're a backup plan there. Yeah, I don't know who so started that. I don't know who started that idea of not wasted dice rolls, but that's, that is my one of my favorite things. I just... Uh, too many bones was the first game I played that did that, where you know even you miss, you get in something, and then Street Masters. Yeah. Like, well, and all the Saddler games are doing it. Yeah. I think it's great. I, I just yeah. I love it. Um, I think it's great. It's it makes, there's nothing worse. Than, in fact, one of my favorite reviews I did it was a game that it's a cool game. It's as the dice, build your dice pool and stuff. And in the example, 
and I was saying, you know, sometimes you can you do all this work to build your dice, and I had these two huge handfuls of dice, and I rolled them, and every, on camera, every single one came up blank. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wow, and, and that was the point. I was like, and how disappointing is that? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, for too many bones, I was doing. I had to do a playthrough video for Chip Theory Games for, uh, for Gen Con recently. Um, and I had some really atrocious dice rolls at the beginning uh, at the beginning of the game. I mean, really kind of looked out. And if I'd have carried on and just filmed the game I'd got, it would have lasted just over a round and my character would have been uh, annihilated. So I had to literally kind of, you know, stop the camera, record a dice roll. If it didn't work, record, you know, erase it, record a dice roll until I got something that actually worked. I think one take, I needed a very specific set of uh, results from four dice, I think it was. And I think one take took maybe 25 different dice rolls before I actually got the result that I needed. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise the playthrough would have just been that quick, basically. I would have lost very quickly. That's what it sounds like. Yes. Uh, if you ever start a Patreon, you can just have, and here are all the dice that didn't work, and just have a long <laughs> video. Yeah. That's my Patreon special. Yeah. All right. But, oh my gosh, we've been going like an hour and 10 minutes. Um, wow. And you have to go to bed uh, at some point. But, uh, so, got any closing thoughts? Any Anything you want to tell people you have coming, exciting news, whatever it is? Uh, because you, this, I, think, I mean, this may be the only time this thing ever happens, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if anybody watches it. Yeah. Closing well, words no. of gaming wisdom. Okay, well, I mean, you're really barking up the wrong tree if you're looking for me for any kind of words of wisdom from there. So no, look, you know, uh, for anybody that watched my channel, thank you, first of all, for the last 12 months of, of kind of making the channel, uh, helping me make the channel what it is so far. It's been, you know, it, it's been a an iterative process it's been a learning process but i think i'm kind of growing with most videos um and enjoying that so continue do not press the unsubscribe button please don't press the unsubscribe button and for you don't yeah. go back and look at your first video don't do it. <laughs> i've done that many times just to see you know what and I, yeah i go back sometimes maybe only three or four videos and i think God, why did i commit that uh to film so yeah for anybody that's interested in kind of um kind of reaching out and, 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 and starting their own channel. I think that is a channel, podcast, written review, whatever format it takes. I think, you know, um, we go on some of the kind of board game forums and I know people like Jeremy are very, Jeremy Howard are very big on this and same advice I give to a lot of people is just do it. And don't, you know, it's a scary process. I remember rumming and ahhing about it for a while. Um, but yeah, just do it, you know, because if you do it and you like it, do it for you. Don't do it for money. Don't do it for free games. Don't do it for, for anything else. Do it for you. And if you like it, you're going to keep on doing it. And you're going to get to meet some just amazing people uh, and William sometimes. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, just do it. In terms Everybody, of that, that, that was pure British humor right there. Yeah. That is textbook. <laughs> it's either Monty Python or that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Take my wife. Please, no. um, <laughs> in terms of what's coming up, um, so yeah, I've got Spaceship Amiga coming out, uh, the review coming up in the next 24 hours, that'll be on the, on the channel, which is a small uh, game, so that's a bite-sized review. And I've got Pendulum arriving, I have um, Sanctum and Adrenaline from Czech Games Edition coming, they want me to review the solo modes on those, and then I also have Root coming from Lead Games, uh, so that will, all those reviews will probably be out sometime in the next kind of 
six to eight weeks. I tend to release content every 10 to 14 days, something like that. Uh, and so you have to listen to him, folks, because he has an accent and the it British depends. accent carries a lot of weight here in America. <laughs> the British body carries a lot of weight over here in England, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's why you have that new big deck. doesn't matter how big <laughs> yeah, you can reinforced. fit. <laughs> what about you? What you got coming up? Uh, well, I got the uprising coming out tomorrow. Of course, yeah. I'm looking a, forward to that. Yeah, a, a d deck of wonders coming out mm -hmm. next week. And I just realized that uh, literally five minutes before we started that I don't actually have my, because I always release one on Wednesdays. Yeah. If I do nothing else, I always release one on Wednesday. I don't have anything for Wednesday yet. Um, okay. So tomorrow I'll be recording a Fuji Koro. Okay. Which is from Game Brewer. It's kind of a, it's a Euro Amera style game mashup. Yeah. Adventure game. I have to film that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I got uh, another one of your countrymen. I got uh, Shadows of Killforth coming uh, up. So that's Tristan Hall's game, is it? That? Yeah. yeah, I keep I keep meaning to reach out to Tristan just to uh, just to see if uh, yeah um, uh, see if it'd be interested in me doing a review of the uh, the solo of that. I, I know people love it. The Shadows and Gloom isn't the basically of the, uh, the Killforth games. Uh, yeah, and they're pretty they're pretty much pretty much the same game. Uh, okay. Just different content, right? You know. What yeah. And, oh, and I guess I got this one here, School of Sorcery, coming out okay. soon. Uh, that's a uh, Dr. Finn's games. He does a lot of light, tight family style games. Oh, cool. Uh, but I'll leave it with the one that I wish I could review. And uh, I'm going to do a two-part. One, if you can get a copy of Kushi Express, which is all the way back there in the corner. It's right. I got it from, they sent it to me from Korea to play with your family. Okay. You will yeah. play that forever with your family. But they sent me another <laughs> one. But I'm, I can't do it until lockdown's over. Coco Banana. You know, it's just for the name alone. Literally a game with a coconut <laughs> hat and a stuffed banana. And at some point, you reach at the middle of the table, one person's grabbing the coconut hat to put it on their head before the other person can hit them in the head with the banana. <laughs> and I've never been more excited to review a game than that one. You know, you were talking about Gloomhaven, how you surprised nobody's ever thought of it before. How has nobody ever thought of that before? Where's Vladichavattel when you need him with a coconut and a banana, basically? <laughs> So, I mean, that one's not coming anytime soon, but uh, when I'm looking behind me, I wish. Oh, well, I maybe uh, if Gen Con's on next year and you go to Gen Con, hopefully I'll be going to Gen Con next year, you must take Cocoa Banana because we will, ha we will have to film a game of you, I, and other reviewers maybe playing a game of Cocoa Banana. I pick up Banana. Look at me being all, that banana, banana. Yeah, uh, that was, that was, I was impressed with your American accent there. It was, it was good. Yeah. good. Uh, I thought about doing this interview with uh, one of my stage British accents. Um, I chose not to. Uh, okay, but give us a only because point. I can't do yours. Uh, mine's Yorkshire, so I'm, I'm, you know, Sean Bean, Game of Thrones. That's where I'm from, uh, and this isn't true Yorkshire. My, you know, my brothers are very broad. So when me, when my brothers speak to me, they all speak like this. None of those, hey? Eh? They're all right, dear. They. Eh? Are they all right, Lee William? Eh? Billy? 
that's that's how they sound. You see, I have trouble understanding my own brothers. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um because there's not a lot of call for that one on stage. No. You know, they're, they're, you have the very standard British, which no one actually talks like that. Uh, what, what, are we talking about a cup of tea, British? That type of British. Oh, what, what do you know? We're talk, talking about the one where very, very posh and. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you just, uh, I have a pint here, and, and I was very glad to talk to you today, and uh, I, I, I appreciate it. You know that no, no one actually talks no, like that. No, not at all. No, other than Hugh Grant, nobody. Yeah, like, but you know that that's the the, the stage British, and it's funny. Every now and then, I would be in a show. You know, all the Americans, you know, we, we have perfected this. Yeah. And there'll be a Brit in the show, and they'll get slammed for their accent in the review. Because <laughs> there's a, you know, you know, you use that, you do a, a, some kind of cockney working class. That comes up a lot. Then you have your Irish, Scottish. Yeah. That's it. Uh, I've never come across a York, Yorkshireite. Yorkshire. Uh, well, I guess Richard... Richard the Third, technically, right? The Duke of York. Yeah, but yeah, well, <laughs> no yeah. one puts that accent on. Him. <laughs> yeah. Any, well, all of the uh, all of the guys not who well, were in the, in the kind of northern districts in uh, in Game of Thrones. That's all based on a Yorkshire accent. So, uh, so yeah, if you want to do any research there, watch uh, Game of Thrones and then give me a call because they've got most of it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, just so I can learn it all, then you can tell me how it's rubbish. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Or, as we'd say in Yorkshire, shite. Yeah. Not really it's very classy, you know, and that gets past the censors, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but really up because I actually Excellent. have a rehearsal for an online performance coming up, and I got to go. Excellent. Uh, Good. But everybody, uh, you can find a link to Not Board Gaming down in the description. Go subscribe for at least three minutes, then unsubscribe to break his heart, then put it back on to really play with his emotions. Oh. Uh, but as always, thank you all so much for watching. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye, all. So yes, the show is actually over. But if you're still listening, we have a little bit of a outtake from the beginning here at the end, which really has nothing to do with anything. But it made me smile, so I left it in. To immediately remove it, because this is my school account. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, you know, I figure, you know, it's educational, right? It is educational, and as long as we stay on, on target, basically, and don't meander too much into the you know, into weird and strange realms, then it should be okay, basically, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I, I have started the past year or two doing a lot of stuff with my students involving various games. Uh, so okay. Sometimes it's because I got sent something that needed 20 people to play. Yeah. Like, where, where, where am I going to do that? I have a captive audience with my students. Yeah. I'll do that. Actually, uh, I don't know if you watch Shut Up, Shut Up and Sit Down uh, at all. I, I um, obviously I've seen quite a few of their videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't well, watch they, everything they do. Yeah. Well, they talked about the uh, thousand-year-old vampire game a oh, while ago, which has no interest. I heard that on the podcast. Yeah. 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 Which personally has no interest to me, really. But I'm actually got in touch with the designer, and I'm using that to turn into a year-long writing assignment oh, combined fantastic. with uh, the history class. Because in sixth grade, they, their history goes from cavemen through like 1930. Okay. So you know, 
that they can cover that that breadth of experience and tie it together. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see how it goes. But okay, cool. The designer was super excited about it. He said that sounds great. Because um, yeah. I didn't want to just well, you... do it, take it, and alter it. Because it's yeah. this thing, you know. Of and I was like, yeah. yeah, I'm happy to buy one. I can't buy thirty of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not on a teacher's salary, no. Yeah, but he he was like, go for it. But anyhow, uh, so.